Practice? We talk about practice? That's right. The show where I give you a fan-sided perspective on the events happening in the world of sports. Trades. Lockouts. Game recaps. LeBron couldn't convert an easy alley. Steph missed an uncontested three. Pat Mahomes failed to hit a wide-open Tyree kill who had his defender beat by 10 yards. Unacceptable. I give it to you straight. All feelings, no facts. If you want more, subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Vallejo. And today we have a a really interesting show. I really wanted to talk about um, Russell Westbrook and all the crazy stuff that he's going through, all the harassment that's happening out in L.A., And uh, we'll get into that, but the breaking news of the last 45 minutes, and if you've been paying attention to the sports world, then we all know that it's Aaron Rodgers. Really, Aaron Rodgers, he's been on this this trip of his for the last year. I mean, it it just really started last year back in, in July. Well, before we get into the details, yes, Aaron Rodgers signed a four year deal, $200 million, 153 of it guaranteed. (laughs) Now, what I've read is that this is a cap-friendly deal. I'm still trying to figure out what part of 153 guaranteed is cap-friendly, but, uh, you know, we'll leave it. I leave that to the the front office folks to uh, sort out. (sighs) The the Packers are $40.1 million over the cap. They still have to sign Devontae Adams, Razul Douglas, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I don't know that they're going to sign all of them. I do know, or at least I expect, that Devontae Adams will get the franchise tag by the 4 p.m. deadline. So at least Aaron is getting a receiver back. I'm not sure what they'll be able to do as far as providing him any other weapons uh, or, you know, beefing up their defense. But uh, 153 guaranteed. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that he stayed. If you're a Packers fan, you know, feel free to dislike my take, my point of view. But Aaron Rodgers... And and look, power to all the players. I I I always support the employee. Always support the players. Uh, whether they're millionaires, I, I'm always going to take the stands of the players slash the employee over the billionaire owner. That's just how it goes. But Jesus, Aaron Rodgers has been playing this this whole soap opera crybaby thing for for a long time. But it did start in July when he came back uh, to the Packers, saying that he was disgusted with the, with the organization, that the way that they treated. Uh, other outgoing veterans and maybe maybe there was some sincerity to that statement but I think it was just him really posturing and and preparing the organization preparing everyone else for what was to come which was what he dropped at the press conference after they lost in the playoffs after they lost to San Francisco uh, that he would take some time to talk about it with his family and and see what his next move was going to be after this season so Aaron Rodgers, you know, pretty much did what Aaron Rodgers does. He pulled an Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I'm not surprised that Green Bay gave him the money. At the end of the day, I, I I think that that was his plan on along. When he started back in July, complaining about being disgusted with the organization, when he had his press conference comments after losing to San Francisco, I think the plan was for him to, um, he was trying to get leverage on the organization. That's all it was. And uh, the leverage worked. He got his money. Hopefully, uh, the press conferences and the the days where he goes on the Pat McAfee show 
will be uh, a little bit more entertaining. Maybe he'll stop talking about COVID and masks and mandates and, and uh, you know, be funny in other ways. Um, but yeah, that that's going to put Green Bay in a tight spot. They're, they're going to be, they're already way over the cap. They'll apply the tag to uh, Devontae Adams today, I believe. But uh, hats off to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this was a long con. He he was playing it. He was he was uh playing the long con from the start. So congratulations to him. It worked out, and I'm glad that this whole Aaron Rodgers situation is sorted out. He'll be in Green Bay for the next three to four years. But uh, we know it's not over with Rodgers, right? Because if they don't win in the playoffs, I mean, look, as Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. I, I that's just in my opinion. I get that Brady has the rings, but the throws, the talent, what he's able to do, he's the greatest quarterback I've seen play. And um, as great as he's been, I mean, look, the Packers have had 13 wins for the last three seasons. They've gone to the playoffs 10 out of 12 years with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, They won the Super Bowl, what, 10, 11 years ago? Uh, In 2011. But they're constantly a disappointment. I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, they were 10-6. They've had multiple years where they're the top-seeded team. And they just disappoint. They don't perform in the playoffs. And, um, you know, is, is, is Aaron Rodgers the modern era? I wouldn't say modern era because it's not like he was from that long ago. But is, is he the new Peyton Manning? He's extremely gifted, can make all the throws. He's a four-time MVP. And then in the playoffs, he just always comes up short. And at least Peyton Manning had a he had an excuse. I mean, he didn't always have a defense. Aaron Rodgers has had some pretty bad postseasons the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think that's on his defense. It's just on him not performing. And so, you know, as good as he's been in the regular season, he just, him, his team, they just don't, they don't seem to show up in the playoffs. Um, so, and it's also a smart move, you know, that he stayed with the Packers. I never thought he was leaving. You you got to think about it. He plays in a division with the Bears, the Detroit uh, Detroit Lions, and the Vikings. And, and the Bears and <laughs> the Bears and Detroit, you know, you can say that both of those franchises are rebuilding, but let's be honest. When are they not rebuilding? Those two franchises are constantly in a state of turmoil. The Vikings are the only competitive one there on a consistent basis. Last year, they were they were eight in line, so maybe they're rebuilding. They're trying to figure out where they're going to go after last year. So, I mean, he has it's it's a cakewalk for him to have games against to have uh, what two, four, six games against those teams. Uh, nothing's guaranteed in life, but that's almost like a six six guaranteed wins um, for them. So why would Manning go anywhere else? Why would he go to Denver? Why would he go try to compete against these young quarterbacks out on the West Coast in the AFC? It just it made no sense. And so from the beginning, I knew that that he was staying. You know, it was entertaining to watch him McAfee, to watch his press conferences, to. People read you no. Know, people read too much into his Twitter rants or his Twitter posts or Instagram posts. Oh, what's what's Aaron gonna do? What does it mean by that? What could it mean that he posted this on Instagram? It means nothing. It means that he he likes the attention. He wants to stay relevant, and that's all it means. Uh, but uh, it worked. So you know, hats off, hats off to him. <laughs> the other big news in the NFL that's been overshadowed by the Aaron Rodgers news is uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley suspended for a year for gambling. Gambling on his team's games. Granted, he was in Florida using an app that is completely legal to use. And he was not a part of those games. But uh, it's just... 
as a player, you're you too close. You're betting on your own team's games. You're too cl- that's too close uh, for you to be taking those chances. And he, you know, he he makes eleven million dollars a year. He gambled fifteen hundred dollars, and if you look at his bets, I think it was like an eight-team parlay. That tells you that he was just messing around. Uh, excuse me, I'll take a sip of water. But it just tells you that, that he was just messing around. Uh, there was, I don't think that there was any insider trading, although that's that's the chance that you take when there's a player or a coach betting on games, betting on his team. Again, he did not play in those games, and he was in a state where gambling is legal, using a legal app in that state. But gambling on your own team is just, that's that's too close of a call. I will tell you this, while he is the one that got caught and has he got the book thrown at him, do you really think that he's the only professional athlete betting on games? I I have no proof, but think about it. I mean, I just saw an interview with Antoine Walker who talked about how, and, and this isn't new. We've all heard these stories, not just from Antoine Walker, but just basketball players in general. When you're traveling, when you're on the plane, you're talking about suitcases and duffel bags full of cash playing card games. And, uh, you know, some teams, that stuff gets out of hand. But, you know, Antoine talked about how they they never got out of hand for the teams that he played uh, or in the teams that he played for. But you have these guys that are making millions, some of them hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're betting on a regular because that's what they do. It's in their nature. Even if they don't have gambling problems, they have a competitive nature about them. And when you present them a, a game, a, a game of chance, because that's what gambling is, they're going to take that chance because they believe that maybe they're better at that game of chance than someone else. And maybe there are some things that make you better than others, but gambling is is gambling. You're taking a chance, but that competitiveness amongst them makes them makes them want to take those chances. So again, Antoine Walker, you know, ended up claiming bankruptcy. He owed almost a million dollars to casinos. Uh so I and this was back in the early 2000s. I know if it was happening then, I guarantee that it's happening right now. And with the apps available, how easy is it for a player to make bets through a proxy? To have a third party make the bets for them so that their names have nothing to do with the apps, with the accounts, right? They 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 can very well hire attorneys that can set up a a shell companies for them who can then hire individuals to bet on behalf of the company who that is that is controlled by the player or controlled by someone that is close to that player i mean you know that's just a very simplistic way to look at it but i can but but that's the easiest way to gamble while not gambling you hire a third party you have a proxy do it for you um you know and uh calvin ridley didn't help himself by going on a, on Twitter and saying it was only $1,500 and obviously, and saying that he doesn't have a gambling problem. So obviously he, he, um, he doesn't think it's that serious, but the NFL definitely does. They handed him a one-year suspension. And it's funny because there's, there is an investigation, a league investigation into the Stephen Ross, the allegations made by Brian Flores in his lawsuit, uh, when he stated that Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for every game he lost in the 2019 season. And we'll see what those findings are. It's going to be difficult to prove unless there are text messages, voicemails, some something recorded somewhere. Calvin Ridley had an app and an account and he made the bets. It's pretty hard to, to, to hide that. Uh, but um, I, I, I'm interested to find out what happened to Stephen Ross 
and what those findings are because you have to think about Roger Goodell and the league and players. It's it's very easy for Goodell to punish Ridley. He's a player that he works over. But for the league to, to uh, have an investigation and then punish Stephen Ross, well, Goodell works for Ross. He works for all the owners. And I wouldn't be surprised if the league has no findings or if their investigation is not as thorough as it could probably be uh, to unearth uh, any details or any any verifying information regarding the, the allegations made by Flores against Stephen Ross. That's, you know, only time will tell on that. Uh, yeah, so moving on from the NFL, there was, a, there was basketball yesterday. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are, uh, they are a train wreck. They lost 117 to 110 against the Spurs last night. And uh, in his post-game press conference, Russell Westbrook seems like he's had enough. And he addressed the issues, the, the taunts, the harassment that's been going on uh, in, in Laker games and, you know, around him and around his name, specifically West Brick and how that is really disparaging to his name. And there are media personalities like Skip Bayless who continue to disrespect the man and his name by calling him West Brick. I get that Skip Bayless is a character and he and that's the role he plays on, on TV, but there has to be a line drawn. You're, this isn't the WWE, even though you play a WWE character on your show. There has to be a line drawn where you have to show some kind of respect. And calling this guy Westbrick, disparaging his name, I think is where he crosses the line. Now, I get it. You can say Westbrook makes millions of dollars. He's due to make $40 million next year with a player option that he will most likely take regardless of how terrible those names he's being called are. But, and, and that he's a public figure, but you just, you don't, you don't, you don't cross that line. He's also, he also stated in his press conference that he doesn't even like taking his kids to home games because of the names that he's being called. So it's not just a play on his last name when they call him Westbrick, but now it's also who knows what names, inappropriate names they're calling him. And he's got kids there that have to listen to that. His wife, who has to listen to that. Uh, speaking of his wife, she also went off on Twitter talking about how this needs to stop. And, and I agree with her. Again, Russell Westbrook is a public figure. And you're saying, well, he's a tough basketball player. He should be able to deal with it. But what is this? This is a game. I get that they're millionaires. They're getting paid millions to play a game. But this is a game. And we have adult men and women out there getting drunk and calling this guy disparaging names who can't even bring his family to to the games. One thing is if he was just giving no effort, he was out there tanking. But, you know, this is a guy who at one point in his career was the most athletic guy in the league. We talked about the triple doubles and all this great stuff that he did in KC after KD left, that he was loyal and and he had multiple knee surgeries and he looked even more athletic after the knee surgeries and and now what now we see what happens to someone whose entire game revolves around athleticism and explosiveness he no longer has that so he no longer has lift on his shot he no lo- he can no longer get to the rim like he could and he's only 31 32 years old and guess what that's what happens with those guys and you're going you're going to call him names for that because LeBron went out of his way to demand that they bring Russell Westbrook to LA. They lost a bunch of picks. And it's 
it's Westbrook's fault. I think as a society, we need to uh, maybe take a step back. And yes, we realize this is a game, but this game is his job. We can cheer, we can boo, we can do certain things without crossing that line of making threats, you know, death threats and threats to someone's family or someone's person. So um, I think they've gone too far. The Westbrook thing has, has gone too far. And, you know, it's a guy at the end of his career. He doesn't have the athleticism he once had. And and he's not performing to uh, to the standard or to the level which LeBron and fans and, and everyone else expected he would perform because, well, given his history, given how, how good he is, he just doesn't have that anymore in him. And uh, it's a shame, but that's what happens. You know, these, these, these athletes that are that explosive, whose game revolves around that athleticism, they just... They fall off a cliff. It's not a, a gradual decline. It's an immediate decline where someone takes a step off a cliff and you see it from, it's like night and day. And there is no slow, gradual decline. And we've seen it with Russell Westbrook. And um, it's a shame. I, I I enjoyed his game for all the years that we got to see it. And uh, now he's not the same guy. Doesn't mean he, he deserves death threats. So, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, um... You know, the, the the Lakers are just in a terrible situation. And you know what will happen. LeBron, LeBron will happen. LeBron happened to that franchise. He asked for everything. He got everything he wanted. And then he's going to leave crying that he wasn't supported enough. When the, the, the franchise is done, he's, he's essentially the GM. He's done everything his way. And then he's going to leave because things aren't working out the way that he wanted to. It's what he does everywhere. He did it in Cleveland. Although in Cleveland, at least... I realized that he had terrible teams and he had a reason to leave. But he did it in Cleveland the first... Uh, he, he left Cleveland because things weren't going well. And there, I don't blame him. He left Miami. He went to Cleveland, left Cleveland again. And that time, things weren't going well for him. Went to LA and he's going to leave LA. And he's going to leave that franchise in shambles. And he just was not worth it. You got a, a one championship, but he was not the type of player that you that you build around, not when, not when he's showing you who he really is at 37 years old. That's just not the guy that you throw your franchise, you throw picks away for when maybe he plays for another four years and that's great, but he's not the, the young superstar who's going to be there or try to be there. We know who LeBron is. He goes somewhere, he tries to build something and when things don't go his way, he skips town and then he leaves a mess behind him and he's not cleaning it up. So I guess Lakers fans are are happy because he brought him a championship, but that championship caused that Laker franchise, what, how many years has it set them back? I'm not sure, but uh, it's all about championships. So as long as he brought him a championship, I think they'll be, I think they're happy. That's just not the kind of person that I would want to bring into my organization. Great that players have power. Again, I'm always in support of players getting their money and having more power and say, but uh, these are businesses. And when you, how do you, how do you reconcile one championship with, with damage done to your organization long-term? I don't know, but it's LeBron. And if it's Cleveland, Cleveland will take them back. If it's not Cleveland, um, I still think that other franchises take, take a chance on him. Now, do, does that chance come with, with strings? I would hope that, that, uh, wherever he goes to next, puts uh some parameters on what he can or can't do as far as player personnel and decisions made on on signings and trades and things of that nature 
because that's who LeBron wants to be. He wants to be a general manager slash coach slash player. And, uh, you know, you see what he's done to the Lakers the last couple of years. Those moves have not worked out. In other NBA news, it was Depot Day yesterday. And uh, Victor Oladipo came back for the Miami Heat. And, you know, he had a game that you would expect a guy coming off of injury who hasn't played since April of last year to have. He had 15 minutes, gave you 11 points, uh, two rebounds, four assists, a solid showing, a solid showing. And uh, it's going to take some time. You know, he's I think he'll work his way back into the rotation, work his way back into uh, the starting lineup, get more minutes. We'll see who he's who he takes those minutes from. But uh, he's been out for for a year almost. So you got to be patient. You got to be patient with him getting back into basketball shape. But I'm excited because if he can stay healthy, um, I don't expect him to put up 20 points or 15 points a game. That's not um, that's great if we get that from him. But that's not the expectation. The expectation is him to be not quite a lockdown defender, but to give you high level defense, him and Jimmy Butler on the defensive end of of the floor. And so I'm looking forward to that. Good news for the Heat, who of all the teams, they're the number one team in the East, number one two team in the in the NBA, and they're getting they're getting no press coverage at the national level. And of course, I, I grew up in Miami, I live in Cleveland, but I'm a lifelong Heat fan. I'm no longer as as an involved fan as I used to be. I'm not gonna boo. I'm not gonna cheer. I'm not gonna you know yell at the TV because they they lose. But I always support them. And they're having a hell of a year. But who gets the coverage? It's the big three or the former big three in uh, Brooklyn. It's Harden and Embiid in Philadelphia. While Miami has gone through some injuries. And they just had a, a really tough four-game stretch where they went 3-1. and they, they beat Chicago. They beat Philadelphia. They beat Brooklyn. They lost narrowly to uh, the Bucks, defending champs. And um, that's all with missing key players. The Heat are, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they have all their people back by the time the playoffs start. And uh, I'm excited for this team to see what kind of push they can make into the playoffs. Uh, I know that they don't they don't have a big name. They have Jimmy Butler and, and some other guys, but it's not the sexy name. It's not the Joel Embiid or the Harden or the Kyrie uh, or the Kevin Durant. And yet they find ways to win. And they find ways to play defense. That's always been the Heat culture. It's never they've never been a high scoring, high flying team. They've always that culture down there has always been about playing defense and um, getting possessions back. And uh, that's how they're winning basketball games. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see uh, what the playoffs hold for the Heat. And that's all I've got uh, on today's show. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Subscribe to catch the next episode. And you can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Catch you next time.